You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about 10 reasons for career failure and what you can do about it. This episode today is about a collection of 10 reasons that I actually took from a longer list of someone that published about that long, long, long time ago. And um, I'll tell you further in the, the podcast who that is, but this is my personal reflection on these 10 things and how it applies to people like us statisticians that are maybe a little bit more introvert, generally speaking, and have an analytical mindset and that work in teams within the healthcare area. So I hope that helps you because there's a lot of personal insights into this as well. And I learned a lot about this from examples for myself, but also having people in mind uh, across the industries that I know. If you find this podcast helpful, follow me on LinkedIn. Just connect. Search for me on LinkedIn and you'll find me. And tell your colleagues about it, your friends, your peers that have a similar interest because there's so much free content here. We are approaching 150 episodes, so three years of content, and so there should be something for everybody. I noticed in the last weeks I maybe have a little bit of a too much of a bias towards the, all the leadership content and that is very, very close to my heart. And of course, you can find lots of more technical content uh, somewhere else. But in the future, I'll also do then, uh, a bit more of the technical stuff as well. And there's already some really, really interesting episodes in the making. So I'm looking forward for these as well. I'm producing this podcast in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the ever-growing video-on-demand content library, free registration to the many PSI webinars and much, much more. Visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Napoleon Hill is an interesting author, also quite controversial author, but still kind of a little bit uh, of good content to reflect upon. And so in this episode today, I want to reflect a couple of things of why people fail in their careers. It's probably also why people fail in life overall, but I think I'll refer here especially kind of what hinders us from actually getting to the career goals that we have and have a successful career. I think the first uh, of the reasons that he mentioned that resonates very well with me is 
lack of ambition and to aim above mediocrity. I think there's a... I had some episodes in my life where I just wanted to get the work done and that was completely sufficient. And, you know, there's periods in our life where other things are more important. For example, you know, maybe family is more important at a certain point in time or health is more important in a certain time. But I think generally it's not trying to be like everybody else, but setting exciting goals for yourself and think bigger. I just recently was thinking about organizing an event within the company and first I was thinking about a small audience and I was thinking about a bigger audience and then I realized, well, why not for the complete company? Because the topic was really, really valuable for everybody in the company. And so that was just my kind of sense of thinking bigger about it and and not playing small. I think the next uh, that he mentioned that resonates with me is lack of self-discipline. I don't really like this word self-discipline. I would more kind of think about what motivates you? What do you really like? What gets you going? And make sure that more and more of your working time actually falls into that sector. So don't work in in something where you know you don't have any passion in, where you don't have any motivation for. I think that's really dreadful over time. And find some things there where you have fun, where you have a purpose, where you would like to get better in. I think that is really important. The next one is I think a very common one. Yeah ill health. So I would say there's three important pieces to that. Um, Having enough sleep. I very often read about news that uh, basically, you know, the Western world is a world of sleep deprived people. Um, There's not enough sleep. There's, you know, uh, bad sleep as well, and um, yes, that really, really um, deteriorates uh, in terms of your uh, ability to, yeah, that hinders you from really producing something valuable and being really productive and making best use of your time. The other point is exercise. Yeah, so for me specifically, exercise helps me not only to become more physically strong, but also more mentally strong. Yeah, so all the kind of situations that you have in the office that are stressful, all these kind of, you know, you can't get rid of that stress if you're not exercising. Yeah, so that is really important. And of course, then the other thing is what you eat and drink. Yeah, so... so not eating well and not drinking well is surely a driver for bad productivity. Yeah, so if you have a very, very heavy food and you since yeah, thereafter your um, ability to concentrate drops dramatically, that is surely a bad thing. And for me, especially kind of drinking enough water is especially important. So I always have some water. Um, at my desk and I drink throughout the day. 
Um, that has some side effects, but I can. <laughs> that also makes me exercise a little bit more, if you know what I mean. The next topic is procrastination. And I think there's lots of different reasons why we procrastinate, but I think for us more kind of data-driven people and people that want to make it perfect, I think it's it's very often that we want to have more data, that we want to do better analysis, that we want to have an even kind of better approach and deeper understanding of everything, that we don't think it's now the perfect time and the perfect situations and there will be, you know, one point when all the stars will align and that will be then the perfect situation to move forward. I think there will rarely be ever a perfect situation. There might be better situations and worse situations, but I have this thinking that you need to move forward irrespective of the circumstances. Many of these circumstances you can't predict, you can't control anyway, so you don't know whether they will become better. Is your next supervisor a better one? You don't know. Is your next company a better one? Is next year a better one? Will, you know, the sales in your organization go up or down? Uh, will you have more or less budget? You don't know exactly. So there's lots of lots of these uh, factors that you can't control. So get going. Don't wait for the perfect uh, moment. And then the next one is probably the kind of a uh, complementing point is lack of persistence. Yeah, so starting things and then not following up, not closing the loops. And I need to say I was guilty of that quite a lot in the past and for certain projects I'm probably still guilty of it because I start to many projects. But it's really, really important to get things to the finish line, to ship the product, to close it down and yeah, follow up with people when they don't come back to you. So it's really, really good to have these kind of reviews where you go through all your different projects, especially if you have many of them, and see, is there anything anywhere stuck? So for example, I'm currently recruiting a lot of people and there can be so many things that go wrong. Yes, there's maybe somewhere a form missing and nobody asks you for this form, and so that is stopping. Or someone doesn't know what to do and is just not doing anything. Or someone else is, you know, in the HR department, is completely overwhelmed by work, and just, you know, does what many people do, um, only responds to those that scream the loudest. And if you're not following up, then you're not served. So this is really important to follow up on things, to be on track of things and not be just, you know, guided by what others are asking of you and just be guided what, you know, lands in your inbox and isn't, you know, put on your calendar. But being proactive and pushing things over the finish line. So as I said, I'm probably a really good starter, but not a really good completer. That's why you may need to find some kind of people that help you with it. If you're, you know, 
maybe a good completer, but not a good starter, or the other way around. So there was um, a time in my career when I was working together with uh, one specific colleague, and she was really, really good in closing out things. And I was really, really good in starting things. And so we got a lot of things done working together. So I was, you know, lots of ideas and starting things and initiating things. And she was then perfect and kind of following up, getting all the details in place and shipping the products. Awesome tandem to work in. If you don't have such a partner, then try to create an environment and where that better works or work with your supervisor uh, to help you with in that regard or you know get some mentors that helps you with this or at least have a good you know sheet of uh, all the different projects that you are uh, working on the next topic that i find really interesting is the uh, lack of well-defined power of decision. So <laughs> it's a pretty, I think, old term maybe, but what I understand uh, is there you need to have a bias to action, even if you have not all the information available. And mostly you don't have all the information available to make a decision. Yeah, So you can spend hours and hours and days and days to make a complete market research yeah but that will may not give you that far yeah so for example if you want to buy a new tool for let's say data visualization yeah you can spend days weeks months checking all of these testing these piloting these but yeah maybe just go with one yeah and uh you know, after maybe one day or two days of evaluation, but not, you know, months of evaluation. So I think that is a really, really good thing. You can very often kind of revise your action later on. You can, you know, update things. The next one is lack of concentration of effort. And this is actually a very, very old one. So there is um, lots of... Um, history already, let's say, in the, in the military uh, forces. Yes, it said, if you, you know, if you don't concentrate your efforts, then you lose. And it's the same for us at work. If we have too many things going on, yeah, if you have too many different tasks on your plate, especially tasks that don't, you know, go well together, then it's really, really bad. So one of my things that I really love to do is repurposing things. So for example, with the podcast, yeah, so maybe I do a video and then I also get it transcribed and I also take the audio from it. And then I do a LinkedIn post on it and maybe that becomes part of the homepage and part of an email and all kinds of different things. So that is really, really good. And the other things is kind of combination of similar tasks together, yeah, and then get a lot of things done at the same time. The next reason that he mentions is lack of enthusiasm. I think that's an interesting point because um, as I learned, passion and interest 
very often starts only if you dive deeper into things. Yeah, if you look closer into things, then, you know, these details uh, become more obvious and things don't look so trivial anymore. And that can drive a lot of passion and enthusiasm for things. The next reason is intolerance. I think intolerance can be understood in many, many different ways, but I think it's really important to be open and curious. And not only, you know, for other people, of course, but also for other ideas, for other viewpoints, for other perspectives. So let's say, for example, um, the topic of p-values. So if you maybe have... uh, clinical trial and there is, you know, a primary endpoint that the sponsor has agreed with the um, regulators on. And they say, only if this primary endpoint is met, then this is a positive study. That's one viewpoint. But maybe another viewpoint is that for um, different organization, that primary endpoint is not that relevant and they would like to see a different endpoint. And so maybe that study wasn't positive for that endpoint, but it was positive on the other endpoint. And then who says this is, you know, a negative study? It may be a negative study for the sponsor and the regulator, but it might be a positive one for the other person. Or if you think about a reviewer from Cochrane or someone else that looks into, you know, the overall evidence that you have, for them that might be actually a very, very helpful study. So don't think about kind of these things only because you have learned it that way. There's very often different perspectives on it. The next one is a really, really important one for for all of us uh, working in any quantitative field. Inability to cooperate with others. Only teams achieve big results. Only teams achieve big results. Of course, you know, maybe you're a painter and, you know, you paint another Mona Lisa. Okay, awesome. But most of the tasks that are in our world today, you need to have a team to actually make it really, really big. You need to have different people in the teams that have complementary knowledge and complementary skills. And then you need to make sure that the right person gets the right task. And that has a lot to do with good delegation skills. Yeah, And it also has something to do with letting go of things and seeing that there's many ways to get to Rome, as we say. Yeah, so, so it doesn't need to be necessarily the way you have thought about it. Maybe there's another way, maybe an even better way to create something. So I recently was um, working on a project here and I was thinking, yeah, we need to create this um, uh, tool internally to able to do this kind of uh, analysis more often in a scalable way and more automated. And one of my team members found that someone has actually published that uh, as an R program. 
completely freely available. Unshiny app, download, adjust a little bit here, there are some settings and off you go. It doesn't need to be exactly how I thought about it. There's maybe a couple of things you can find here, but wow, awesome. Saved a couple of months of work. Great. But that also means that you, you know, you let go of uh, a little bit your ownership. And that is also means that there needs to be really, really good leadership. Yeah. And leadership doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the, 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 person with the title, I'm the project lead or I'm the manager or whatsoever, that person needs to be a good leader. If you have many different people with different skills, at any time, someone else will need to lead. Yeah? And then you also need to be a good follower. So it's leadership, but also followership. And if there's someone else that takes the lead to trust that person because you know that person, you have confidence in their skills, you have confidence in their character, and you know that they care uh, for the overall team, then to actually follow them and help them. So these are a couple of different reflections on these um, points by Napoleon Hill. There's a couple of more. And um, if you like to read about these, then just go to the effectivestatistician.com homepage and there you'll find a link to the respective page. Thanks so much for listening and speak to you next week. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain who helps with the show in the background and thank you for listening. Just head over to theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. And please don't forget, head over to LinkedIn and follow me, connect with me. And we have also a Facebook, a LinkedIn group and more and more getting on all the different social media channels as well. So reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician. <music>